Thanks to Sunday for supporting the instance. Sunday makes taking care of your lawn easier than ever. Let Sunday take the guesswork out of growing a greener, more beautiful lawn this spring. Visit GetSunday.com slash wow to get $20 off your custom lawn plan at checkout. This episode is also brought to you by BetterHelp. Thanks to BetterHelp for supporting the instance. For 10% off your first month, go to BetterHelp.com slash instance and start living a better life today. Yet even bound to the more, he found allies to aid his cause. <laughs> The World of Warcraft podcast, so you don't have to. This is the instance. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the instance. This is the instance episode 600. Uh, whoa, I'm sorry. Yeah, that number's wrong. 669. I put 369. That's wrong. I went back and all I know is there's a 69 in it. Nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, Friday, May 26th, tw- or no, 28th, 2021. I got all my dates wrong. Uh, this is Scott Johnson here with Bad Brain, and that's Garrett over there with a better brain. Hi, hi Garrett. That's, you know, you're giving me a little too much credit there, but hi, Scott. Happy hi. Friday. Uh, happy Friday to you. I was I was on vacation last week. That's why I didn't have a show. So you're all hearing this going, I, I was too. Yeah. Oh, that's true. You had a little time yeah. off. I had a little time off. We all had a little time off. You got to do that once in a while, and I haven't done it in a really long time. So it was time, and now we're back. And I'm still a little brain dead, if I'm honest. There's a lot going on yep, right now. Yep. You know, Fast Nine's coming out at the end of, at the end of next month. So I'll say it's been a long day without <laughs> you, my friend. Oh wow! Look at you. Yeah. There All you right. Go. I didn't know sure. we were going to get um, musical Garrett today, but I'm yeah, happy that we yeah. did. And Scott, Scott, <laughs> and a, a Charger, me and a Supra, and then we 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 go our separate ways at the end. That's how we end every podcast. That's right. Still waiting for the. That's uh, why everyone cries. Right, everyone, right, right. You, don't, you don't know this, Scott, but uh, all the listeners cry when this when this podcast comes to a close. Is that what happens? I wasn't aware of the yep. uh, uh, that level of uh, um, sadness in the in the audience. So that's good to know. I feel like I I feel like we owe them now for their emotional uh, fortitude. Well done, everybody. Hey, uh, we got a show. We got stuff. We have things that have happened since the last time we spoke. We may as well just jump right in. Um, both Garrett and I played a lot of Mass Effect, which I know has nothing to do with World of Warcraft, but a little later in the show, it does have a little something to do with it, and we'll get to that. <laughs> I love that that's what you lead after the bumper with. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just right after, straight to Mass Effect. Good. Mass Effect, uh, whatever. about Mass Effect talk. What's it called? Legendary Edition. I keep calling it Trilogy, but I know that's not it. Anyway, we'll talk about that a little later. Hey, let's get right to it. There's no BlizzCon in 2021. Uh, the year we are currently in, many had hoped that perhaps by this fall, things would have worked themselves out enough on an international level that Blizzard would go ahead and have the event. And I don't have any kind of confirmation on this, but I have a feeling that they probably went as far as had it reserved. Um, I'm guessing that Anaheim was ready for them. They were ready for Anaheim and they were just waiting to see how uh, the vaccinate vaccination rate was happening or going worldwide, not just here in the States. I think if it was just here in the States and there was a way to sort of control that and we didn't live in a, in a world of interconnectivity and easy plane flights and that sort of thing, uh, probably would have it some sort of form of it. We would probably would have happened, but, uh, from an international perspective, things are still, still pretty concerning, uh, in lots of places. And so this is what they said. Here's an actual quote. Uh, we don't want to let too long go by before we connect with everyone again. So in the meantime, we're planning a global event for the early part of next year, 
combining an online show along the lines of our recent BlizzCon line with smaller in-person gatherings, and we'll share more of our plans as they come together, unquote. I have no idea what this sort of hybrid event sound or is or is like, and they didn't detail it. So I don't know what that in-person gathering thing is combined with the online thing. I don't know what that means. Um, I would imagine yeah. it's probably some something along the line of like their launch parties they've had in the past that have been spread all over the globe with different you know local locations, um, or even the Hearthstone Fireside gatherings, which still haven't come back. Oh, that's right. Those still are not a thing. I forgot those weren't happening. For some reason, I had yeah. in my head that that the Hearthstone was was back in that way, but I missed that. I guess that it's still now, a long time ago. They made it so you could host those like locally. You could yeah. like designate your own local Wi-Fi network as a fireside, so you could just do it with friends in your house. This was like pre-COVID, and that was just because they had started giving away like in-game awards that you could only get from Fireside gatherings and, and players started to express like, Hey, the closest one to me living in the middle of Iowa is seven hours away. Could you maybe give me some other way to get this, this rad warlock portrait? Um, and, and eventually that's what they came up with. So they've still been doing that. Uh, anytime an expansion comes out, you, you can do like a, a, a pre-release Fireside gathering, even all through COVID, you've just been able to claim your home yeah. as a, as a Fireside, essentially. I'm trying to, Keep this simple is a little a little more technical than that, but that's the basic gist. Well, if this is the case, I, I want to know more. As we get to know more, if it's a thing where they'll let people do a thing in their city, uh, you know, and have it somehow tied in, I would be really interested in doing that. We'll have to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would be very interested in uh, flying out there because I want to see people. Well, that was the, that's that's the <laughs> first reaction. Most of my friends, including you, everybody popped online and went, "Well." I don't know when I'm going to see my friends again. It's like, hey, hey, hey Scott, yeah. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put this out there. There's uh, there's Disney in Florida, so yeah. we could like do a, a rough approximation of 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 DizCon. So many Florida um, men, though. So many Florida Florida men in Florida. Yeah, well, I'm, it's okay. I'm one of them. I speak their language, so I, I can get us in and out real smooth. Okay. All right. It's no big deal. It's okay. listen. I don't know if you saw Army of the Dead, but it's like that. You come with like a one sacrifice, and they let you in. I'm watching that today. Because we're doing it for Film Sack this weekend, so uh, is this the newest movie you've ever done for Film Sack? Yeah, it is absolutely. Well, we did uh, we did Force Awakens the weekend it came out. The problem there was it was a little bit different because you can't do clips and stuff. We were in a movie theater, um, so it was not a normal Film Sack, but it was more of a review show. And this one is going to be like a normal ass Film Sack, but the movie because it's on streaming, we can have clips. We have everything we usually do with an episode, and so it will technically and officially be the most recent film to 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 availability to film sack in the history of the show which will be fun that's that's right i have a, yeah. i have a, a prediction that you're you're gonna dig it i think i will i like zombie movies and i liked his dawn of the dead remake in 04 it's been a while still my favorite Zack snyder movie yeah it was great and uh you know I, even if it's super dumb i'm kind of into it so uh it's vegas it's, it's a bunch of zombies in vegas and there's a heist movie in there and you're just making a movie for me. Now, it may not be perfect or the best or, you know, there may be a lot of slow motion freaking Snyderisms all over the place that maybe bug people. But I'm all right. I'm watching it. I'm in. I mean, if I hate it, I'll tell everybody. But I have a feeling I'm going to like it. <laughs> you know what? I hate not seeing my friends. Yeah, back to <laughs> that. That's why I'm bummed about yeah. about this BlitzCon news. But uh, but also was kind of expecting it. Yeah, I, I heard some rumors that they weren't. That there's a reason that it hadn't been. In, they hadn't said no until now that they were actually considering it. Sure. But 
you know, you, you, I think you hit the nail on the head when you mentioned the like global concern. Right. Uh, because we're, we're lucky enough. We talked about this a little bit on ITN last night, but we're lucky enough here in the States. Like if you want a vaccine, you can basically go get one. There's, there's nothing uh, stopping you at this point really. And we're really fortunate, but that is not the case for a lot of other countries around the globe. And BlizzCon has an international draw. People come from every corner of the freaking world yeah. uh, to go to that, to go to that conference. And I, I have to imagine that, that got batted around with any conversation about possibly having it. Cause like, what do you, what do you do? Like, well, it's you, massive, you, massive liability. If you're going to have 26,000 people in a place and the whole world is experiencing only a 3% overall uh, vaccination rate, that is, that's too low to accept that liability. You're basically asking for a super spreader event. Even if it, even if most of your attendees are from the States and most of them are vaccinated, you're still asking for trouble. I'm not surprised by this at all. Um, I'm also not surprised by some of the reaction of the community is like, oh, what's next? Never going to do it again. This is a typical blizzard. Uh, this is none of that. This has nothing to do with that. This is a money making part of their business. They do great with this event. Um, even if I was like not interested in any games they were making, I think I'd still go to BlizzCon because I love it. I love going so much. And I love seeing my friends so much. So it's like it's 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 just not that this is them. This is them probably making the right call for lots of reasons, legal reasons, corporate reasons. And I think player reasons, like it's, it's, it's all sensible what they're doing bums me out, but I'm more bummed just by the situation in general, because it just means that, you know, we got a, a way to go to get this taken care of, but I do feel pretty good about 2022 having both this weird mini event at the top of the year and a full blown event at the end. Um, I don't know why I just feel confident about that. I did not feel confident about 2021 when I was in 2020. Some people were, I was not, I'm like, yeah, we're all getting a little ahead of ourselves. If we're thinking this is going to be that quick, but 2022, I don't know. feels a little shiny to me. Um, we'll see if, if my prediction holds up when we get there. But. I too am feeling hopeful. I mean, I, yeah, like we, we both, we both took some personal time last weekend, got away. Uh, you made this joke on Twitter, and I will echo it. I went into a public restroom over the weekend, and <laughs> my, my first I don't time, know. It, I've never had such a sense of hope and <laughs> forward progress from using a public restroom. Yeah, it's the first one I'd been in since the pandemic started. Uh, I just and and I I'll, I'll you know I'll be upfront about this. If I'm in a public place, and I know I don't have to use it i'd rather not use any public restrooms in any time no pandemic or not i just don't like them they're dirty and i don't know who's been in there and you know whatever it's not like a phobia but i don't i don't care to make it a thing like i can't wait to pee at the restaurant we're going to or whatever i just would rather not let alone take a dump there um but this time i was at a place and i was like you know what nature calls i'm vaccinated they're really careful here and they clean their bathrooms like crazy it's probably the best time ever to be using that toilet. So I did. And it felt great. So take that COVID-19 <laughs> pack your bags and go that, back to, going to the bathroom. Felt great for you, Scott. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad to hear it. Uh, Hey, I'm, I'm uh, but in the meantime, while we were gone, even more X blizzard things happened. Tell me more about that. Yeah. There's just been a ton of talk about what X bliss folk are up to now that, uh, there's so many of them, especially ones that, uh, you know, our names we recognize out of the company. Uh, and we now have some movement on, uh, at least one front. Um, we talked a little bit about this, but we're getting more information. Frost giant studios announced a partnership with Dreamhaven. We talked about that on the last episode. Um, but also that they are licensing Unreal Engine 5 for a, their new RTS title. They've said they're working on it. Apparently they're building it with Unreal Engine 5. 
this is to jog your memory, everyone. This is the eight-person team that formed last year, uh, which consists of a bunch of RTS luminaries, such as the uh, StarCraft II Legacy of the Void production director uh, and command and conquer director uh, of product development, Tim Morton, uh, working alongside Warcraft III The Frozen Throne lead campaign designer and Wasteland Three game director, Tim Campbell, uh, Tim Morton recently sat down with Venture Beat and said this, quote, we are so fortunate to be able to work with the industry giants at Dream Haven, who were in, uh, instrumental in creating the RTS legacy that inspired Frost Giant. Mike Morheim has helped set a benchmark for real-time strategy games that has not been surpassed. He remains engaged with, with the genre and the community today, and his advice will be incredibly valuable as we work to bring real-time strategy games to a broad audience. Mm. Yeah, he uh Morheim can't let go of StarCraft it sounds like was is what this dude, sounds the like. Dude, love like <laughs> dude, I don't think it was uh I don't think it's a surprise that StarCraft stayed on the arena stage at BlizzCon for basically his entire time there. Yeah. yeah, he wouldn't let it go. I mean, it was clearly his favorite game. Um even that failed attempt to give him a little tribute where everybody held up a card and it made a big giant um thanks Mike or whatever it said, but it was all in the Starcraft font and like the dude just oozes that it was clearly like when he talks about the Starcraft one and brood war development period, it was, it was his favorite time in the company. He's, he's said multiple times in interviews. So none of this surprises me that they'll take on whatever it means to be in in an advisory role. I was, I would suppose they get closer um, to an actual launch of a product that may expand beyond that. Maybe Dreamhaven ends up publishing for other developers. I mean, essentially, Dreamhaven is the bubble parenting publishing arm of the internal studios at Dreamhaven. They're all different named studios that will publish under Dreamhaven. So so why not extend that out? I'm sure that this has been talked about internally and, and whatnot, but I'm sure they're extending that out to some of these other guys. And um, the week before that, it was announced that they were in a similar role with those guys at Lightforged, who are brand new to the break out of Blizzard, start a new thing game. So uh, fascinating stuff there. I don't know if this ultimately means that you're just going to have to call this Big Blue Storm <laughs> and instead of the name Blizzard, but essentially it'll be you know Blizzard of old. Um, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what that ends up looking like. But I think it's pretty fascinating. Also, that Unreal Engine Five demo they put out a couple of days ago, um, and I guess it's out now in sort of uh, early access for developers and other people. I don't know if that means it's not final or if it's similar to like a game PTR. But Unreal Engine Five looking very impressive. Um, although I haven't seen anybody demo it as a RTS engine, so specifically what that means or gives to this project, I, you know, I don't know. Other than I'm sure it'll look pretty. Um, but the big elephant in the room for me, Garrett is MOBAs. Like if you say we're frost giant, we're some of the greatest in the business, command and conquer Starcraft two wasteland three, which is amazing, by the way, a, a gr- amazing amount of tactical and RTS knowledge and experience on this team, huge talent, but they are coming back to a genre that has waned no matter how you look at it, no matter how much you love it, you have to admit RTS has waned. And most of that waning happened at the pressure of MOBAs. And that is still true. The MOBAs continue to just sort of have their elbow on it and say, well, this is the new RTS. RTSs are MOBAs now. That's what we do. You can't go back to micromanaging a giant army and have anyone care anymore. So what do you want out of this? Like, 
looking at this as a, you're a Heroes fan, obviously, uh, but you're also a yeah. longtime StarCraft fan. Like, what do you want out of Frost Giants RTS that they we don't already have? My my brain goes in a very different direction. I, I think we I think we talked about this a little bit when when news first broke about Frost Giant. Or maybe it was even Dreamhaven. We're like, you think they'll ever do an RTS? And mm-hmm. I, I know we, I know you and I've had this conversation. And it's always hard for me to remember what was on recording and what was us just BSing off mic. Yeah, I do that all but, the time. Like, uh, it's it doesn't need to be the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many games. You like indie games. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying this is an indie game. The the Love amount them. of funding that Frost Giants already pulled together is very impressive. But it's it's a far cry from what we expect you know, uh, like blizzard products to cost to develop. Um, I think it's, they're setting realistic expectations. I think the, the, the backing that they've gotten so far, at least in the numbers uh, that we know have been invested, it makes a lot of sense with the scope of the project. Um, and, and I don't, I don't know at, at no point hearing about frost giant making an RTS did my brain go, Oh yeah, but how are you going to take the fight to the MOBAs? I don't, I don't think they're interested. I think they're, they know what they're good at. They know what they're passionate about, and that's what they're building a product for. Um, you know, I think, I mean, hell, look at us. Look at us podcasters here, Scott. Look at us sitting here <laughs> while all the YouTubers and the Twitch streamers just rake in so much more money. Mm. Like, sometimes there's value in being a big fish in a small pond, and I think that's yeah. exactly what's going on here with Frost Giant. I, I agree. Um, hopefully, they, they, they're thinking the same, because I think that's the target to reach for. Um, you know, I hate to do it, but I always look back on 38 studios and their desire to go from zero to blizzard in a year. And they failed miserably at trying to do that. And their, their mistake was, and they even had it kind of right under their nose with kingdoms of Amalur. They had a cool game that wasn't, you know, the triple a MMO game, but it was a good game and they should have started that way. They should have started with small stuff and worked their way up. That was an acquisition. They didn't really build it. It was just sort of get interest going, but they just were throwing money at a thing thinking that would solve it. I hope what I hope the lessons that all these guys are coming away with as they start these new ventures is that it's you don't necessarily have to be the big monster product on the, on the uh, you know, the plan doesn't have to be to dominate everybody. The plan can be just to do a great game. And then learn from that, build from that, make another great game and just keep making great games. Yeah. Like there are still fans of the RTS genre. Is that, is that target demo as large as some other genres of games? No, absolutely not. Right. Uh, But the same is true for so many genres of games. I know you and I both like our, our, our uh, like park builders and, and stuff like that as well. Like I'm a big fan of the games that come out of paradox, right? Like I I don't think of them as like, no offense, like, but I don't think of them as like a triple A developer kind of think of them as like a double A developer, but like, I love their games. Like I'm yeah. super freaking. I think of them as a triple A developer in that the content they build is triple A, but they don't, but they don't have the trappings of we're an enormous corporation publicly traded and, uh, too big to fail and all that. Like they feel scrappy and, and, and small while putting out the best, some of the best games out like Stellaris is one of the greatest video games I ever played. Like straight up, I just want to play it now, just saying its name. I love that game. Um, I've and, I've played through the Jurassic Park Park Builder all the way twice. That game's great. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with that game, and their Zoo Tycoon <laughs> game is very good too. Like they're yep. they make a great range of stuff. A lot of it is in the sort of you know management tycoon slash RTS uh, 4x genre, and they do a really great job at it. If we can get a developer like that out of Frost Giant or any of these offshoots, 
That's my. That's what I would love to see. I don't think the yeah, goal here is no let's make another Blizzard. You know? Talent is behind it too. Like it makes me think of the success of the Divinity games. Yeah. Like yeah, which you one. know, hey, Venn diagram between your your role playing show and and all of this talk as well. Like right. You know, clearly they've said they're working on RTS, but also there's wasteland talent there. Let's get give me more isometric like deep RPG experiences. Mm-hmm. Like I, um, I'm so totally down for that. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I, I, there, there's an audience for it is, is my thought. I, you know, is it a big audience? I don't think it's massive, but is it uh, big enough to be successful if they set their scope correctly? Sure. I think absolutely. It's funny though. Campbell was the original lead on, uh, Warcraft three at the frozen throne, which was the expansion to, um, Warcraft three. And that's interesting to me just because you could argue MOBAs, are are well you don't can't just argue this it's just the truth mobas are the children of warcraft 3 and the concept of a hero who levels up and gets more abilities and buys shit at a store and then uses it to fight his enemies like that a lot of people complained about at the time yeah a lot of people like like it i didn't like it i was not not, it's one of the reasons i didn't like that game as much as i like starcraft and others because i was like what is this 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 is weird little rpg thing but it turns I would just out overbuild my armies in the campaign and just like a move across the map. Totally. Like that was kind of my brain. And in this case, I didn't, I didn't want to micro my hero. <laughs> in this case, they build the thing that turns out the rest of the world actually really did want. And they wanted this refined thing. And now we have it in these big, these big MOBAs. So, so the talent is there. Like that's exciting. Morheim being sort of back there behind them all the way is a big deal. Just given his love of the genre. Like, I think that's all he ever wanted to do was that um, and run a company. But I think that game and that kind of game was just his jam. So we'll see. We'll see what comes out of those guys. I think it's very interesting. We'll see if RTSs can hit the highs they used to, or if uh, this just fades out. We'll see. Uh, all right. Ever want to know why the jailer was banished to the Maw in the first place? Well, now I can tell you. <laughs> uh, normally we don't dig too deep into data mind style uh, spoilers, but this isn't really a spoiler. It's an interesting little bit of backstory that's part of an audio conversation from the factions of Shadowlands. Uh, so you got dude what took a, took the throne after Denathrius was kicked out. I can't think of his name. You remember his name? Can't remember his name. He's, uh, uh, skinny McWhitehair. S- skinny McWhitehair's back. You got Nature Lady uh, Bone Spurs over there, and then you got. Um... <laughs> <laughs> you talking about the Winter Queen? Yeah, the Winter Queen. Why Bone Spurs? I don't know. I'm thinking of her antlers. Trying, I, I said Bone Spurs. Bone There's no spurs, sense but... to anything I just said. I promise. Uh, <laughs> then you got the lady. You got angry orc ladies running the Maldraxxus business, and then uh, who else is over there? Oh, and then the injured. Um, uh, uh, what's her name for from Bastion? Uh, injured. Uh, they shot her in the twice boob. injured. Yeah, she just twice can't injured. Stop getting stabbed. She got stabbed. Oh yeah, stabbed in the boob by because uh, she's holding her boob the whole time. Anyway, doesn't matter. Here's the point. They had a conversation, or they will have a conversation, and uh, this was data mine. I'm going to play it, and there are no giant spoilers here. It's just a peek into the background of the jailer, which we've had very little info on. By the way, the dude's name is not the jailer. His real name is Zoval or Z- Zoval. Something like that. And, I hope uh, it's Zoval because Zoval is funny. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Uh, but anyway, if your name is Zoval, I apologize. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there are many of them out there that have the name Zoval uh, for real. Uh, I have the name Weinzerpel, so we can we can start a club. <laughs> Zoval Weinzerpel is a great is a great combo. Anyway, here it is. This is them talking in sort of a hey, the leaders are together kind of deal. It reminded me of some um, 
uh, Jedi order business because they're all kind of holograms hanging out. And I think the only real person there was the arbiters there, not looking too good, but hanging out. Everyone else is being being called in by Zoom or whatever. But anyway, good relations with the Wookiees I have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, brief look at a female Yoda. Anyway, here it is. Why the jailer got banished. What was the jailer after? Long ago, each of the Eternal Ones was given a symbol of our Covenant's purpose. Yet Zoval saw these sigils as keys to forbidden knowledge. When we rebuked his heresy, he tried to claim them by force. But in the end, the Primus led us to victory. And for his treachery, Soval was exiled forevermore. Yet even bound to the moor, he found allies to aid his cause. No doubt Sire Denathrius willingly offered his sigil to the Banished One. I really like him, by the way. I think he's great. You always forget his- Oh, Prince Renethral. Is that it? Renethal. Uh, what'd you call him? White ha- Prince Whitehair? What'd you say? Skinny McWhitehair. <laughs> That's a great name. That might be today's uh, title. Hold on. I got to put that in there. Uh, skinny <laughs> McWhitehair. All right. Um. Anyway, uh, you know what it sounds like? Lord of the Rings to me. Because they're all like, the sig- we were each given a sigil of power. And I'm like, oh, like rings of power. Interesting. Mm, okay. Welcome to MacGuffin Radio. Yeah. <laughs> Sponsored by HelloFresh. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty laundry list sort of fantasy, right? Like, there's nothing crazy there. And they don't go yeah. into huge detail. But, you know, one guy got greedy and wanted to have all the power to himself. So they all banned him. And now he's kind of your your Sauron type who's down in a scary place full of scary stuff. And and he's banished there. And he wants out and wants all the power back. And I don't know. It sounds like Lord of the Rings to me. But, uh, you know, maybe they'll... Maybe they'll uh, put their own spring in their step and make it interesting beyond that. But uh, what's your first takeaway when you hear that? <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's 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 a little boilerplate, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, it's a little 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 boilerplate. Yeah, um, yeah. And typically, if it's an audio file, it's not something that's going to show up in a cinematic. That is the type of thing that could definitely be a lot more exciting if you get to watch it happen rather than just have a roundtable of folks tell you about it. But right. If it's an audio file, uh, sounds like it's going to be a roundtable of folks telling you about it. Uh, Luminator in the chat says the Primus in in the uh, in the Maw, he put Maul, but I think he means Maw, uh, said his name when you do campaigns when you level. I don't remember them ever saying this is over. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, I just don't remember. It. I'm sure they did. I do but, not remember that. Or they may have I, said I it. Leveling, and I went, which which I'm, means I was going quickly and probably not paying that much attention. Yeah, but all the people <laughs> that's how in, I level. The Oribos people are all they talk so like everything's like. And then we bled, they blurred, they bled. And I don't exactly get all the details, you know? I don't We're exactly. Talking very slowly <laughs> and with purpose. <laughs> I really like them. Like, their vibe is great, but I don't pick up everything they say, I guess. It makes me want to go play some Theros expansion Magic the Gathering, because that's what, that's oh, what yeah. that whole zone reminds that holes, me of. Yeah, totally, dude. Totally. They're just, they're controlling the, the planeswalkers in there. It's so. been so long since I played Magic. We've probably gone back to Theros since the actual set that was called Theros, for all I know. But probably that was yeah. a while ago, right? That was a long time ago. That, that was a long time ago. Well, oh, and Maldraxxus, they say the Primus said that. Okay, I just don't remember. 
I was too busy Mount looking Rex. at I was too busy going, that mountain looks like a pustule. Cool. That's what I did in that zone. Anyway, uh, that's all that's going on there. I do like seeing the four factions or the four, you know, um, uh, not covenants. factions, covenants. Thank you. I like seeing them band together. I think that was inevitable, but at some point, you know, it's nice to see to everybody working, working it out and coming together. And I really like uh, Prince Renathal or whatever his name is over there going, yes, my former master is a piece of shit. Now I will help you do things. <laughs> he's great. I think he's great. Sorry, Skinny McWhitehair is great. Skinny McWhitehair, yeah, yeah. Listen, man, angels and corpses living together, mass hysteria. <laughs> uh, but hey, that's that's not all. Um, if some of that uh, talk earlier about Frost Giant uh, piqued your interest, dear listeners, then you might want to uh, give a look at an article published on IGN called The Inside Story of Blizzard's Departures, also known as... The number one request for my take on Twitter in the last week. It's all anyone wants to get takes on right now. Hey, it's what crazy. do you think about this? Yeah, it's that or have you seen Army? Yeah, it's like have you seen Army of the Dead? Have you played Mass Effect, uh, the new trilogy re-release? And what do you think about all the Blizzard people leaving? Those are the three questions. Scott, you asked. forgot. Hey, you look like the dad from Mitchell's versus the Machines. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I see it too. Okay, that's all I'll say. I get it. I understand. L- lately, mine has, you look tired, you should take a nap. And I'm like, I'm getting old. Yeah, that's what happens. <laughs> I get tired. I'm getting bags under my eyes. This is just how I look now. Yeah, no, and time's slipping just as fast for you, whoever said that. So don't get comfortable. <laughs> yeah. come, no, I did this stuff, though. I, I'm, 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 it was definitely a, a trend in my Twitter mentions, but I, but mm. I like it. I like it. And then I know, sure. I know, hey, I know what I'm talking about on podcasts this week. Yeah. Anyways, um, this was the longest article I have ever read <laughs> on a video game website. <laughs> Hands down. Yeah, um, but uh, in it, uh, I mean, they went into so much. Everything from the, the 2017 departure of Chris Metzen all the way up through recently uh, Kaplan leaving. Uh, is really like the the span of time that this article covers, kind of like post Wow's high point. Really, is kind of when this this starts. I agree. Um, and there's just a lot to take in here, and it's not as clear cut as you might think uh, in terms of why it seems like they are all shitting talent at a at a quote unquote quickened rate. Yeah, and it could um, be it'd be easier for us to go in and detail everything but as garrett said it is big it's very big and it's comprehensive and it's great because it's a nuanced look at the business atmosphere and other factors that sort of play into this whole thing there's a really nice metzen quote from yeah from a certain show i I wonder if that's why you're mentioning it (laughs) scott is there is there any other possible reason you would want to mention this article well it's a really good quote and it came from a really great interview here on the instance but other than that no (laughs) Um, that's not my main reason. That was nice to see, but, but it's a good quote and it fits in well. And I like that I came away from it. Well, a, it just felt like really well reported and thorough and, 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 and it's just a really thoughtful piece. That's the number one thing, but also came away realizing none of this is simple. There's no, there's no, there's no like simple, like Activision came and everything went weird. It does. It's not. It doesn't work that way. And people forget that they've been here since what, oh eight, when they bought out Vivendi, which essentially made them the parent company of Blizzard. They've been here for a long time, long before you were all complaining about them. Um, it, you know, if I were to guess, and if there was ever a book written, it's somewhere right around the time that that, uh, however it went internally, but that that Titan became not a thing when that all crapped out and fell apart. 
I think that may have been a bit of a straw breaking the overall camel's back for for a lot of the people there. And that those are some of the people now that we see springing out and doing their own thing. You'll note none of them are shit-talking Blizzard um, and getting nothing but encouragement from their former Blizzard colleagues and, and vice versa. Like, like it's just so easy to read into this and go pure negative. And the article was a good reminder that it's just more nuanced than that. It's more than just that. So yeah, it, it was, I, I think it is a good piece and it was one that I kind of held off reading for a while. Cause I just figured, ah, oh, another doom and gloom mining the depths of blizzard drama. Yeah. Um, but there's, they, they talked to so many blizzard employees, both with like, uh, like current and former and some of the current ones even give their names. Others are remaining anonymous, sure. especially the ones that are getting a little more on the negative side of things. It's like, you can you can basically you could read the quotes and then play a little game in your head where you go, hey, I bet this is unattributed, and it probably is. Um, yeah. But it's all over the place. I, I I do think it's 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 pretty damn balanced uh, in its in its its negative versus positive versus kind of not taking a stance in either direction. Yeah, and if you already come to it with this idea that you think Blizzard is is now uh, terrible and whatever your whatever your reasons are for that, I I don't know that's going to do much to change your mind if you're already set in that thinking. But if you've got an open mind about how business and how the gaming industry in particular works and how in a lot of ways Blizzard was the antithesis of that system for so long and now feel like maybe they're caught up in that a little bit, starting to feel that the pangs of the industry and the way it works, like it's kind of fascinating. It's one of the things that interests me about all of it. And it always has like, why was blizzard set apart in the first place? Why did they feel like they were different than everyone else? And then like right now, why does it feel like some of that is encroaching in on them? I, I think that's fascinating and it's, it's easy to just get weird about it, but I don't know. Think about it. Talk about it. There's more to it. And that article is pretty good. Uh, yeah, pretty good. Yeah. I mean, we, we've, we've talked about this a lot, uh, especially since I've, I've come on the show. Cause I feel like me joining the instance was like the harbinger of blizzards downfall. Apparently. <laughs> it was all but, your fault. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, really, I mean, really it's like, it's, it's been popping off in the drama category, you know, about around the time I, I became a permanent fixture here just, you know, by random happenstance. And yeah. What would we call like, that? It was about 20 or was that early 2019 or so? It was right. I didn't, I think you asked me to keep showing up. Right when BFA launched. Yeah, that sounds right. And it feels like, um, I'm trying to think here. It, I mean, for me, there there is a dividing, there is a delineation point that specifically feels like 2018's BlizzCon. It that, was, that to yeah, me is the line. That is, that is the delineation point because that was, I hate to throw it all on a mortal, but that it was kind of this crux of yeah. fan base anger it's where the crack started um, a little bit I yeah mean, yeah even though like again like i don't like mobile games and i thought i think immortals good yeah like <laughs> it's it's diablo yeah. um but uh, my, the point i was gonna make was that like you and i have spent a lot of time on the show talking about how like our fandom of, of blizzard as a company has definitely waned sure but we still like playing the games yeah and for so sure for sure an article like this for me like i just find it fascinating because i just find the inner workings of this company fascinating same know, and i also i, I also agree. find the discussion around it the psychology around it even the negative psychology around it is also fascinating to me because where does that come from and why is that different than it is with other companies and you could you know you could make arguments that there's a unique culture of disappointment 
or excitement around every developer. And it's just a little different than the next guy. You know, people who loved EA until EA started doing weird stuff uh, or, you know, uh, a game like, um, I don't know, Anthem's a good example of a game that just pooped the bed and came from yeah, a I think I think BioWare is a is a good company to kind of look at yeah. in relation to to Blizzard uh, cuz I don't I don't feel like it's as much outrage at their at their corporate corporate structure as there has been at Blizzard but mm-hmm. like you think back to Mass Effect 3 and like <laughs> microtransactions yeah. And, and Yeah, that was weird. Cross promotions with Mountain Dew at the time <laughs> it was like really weird. You know, it, it it was it was an it was similar for sure but I definitely, I think Bioware is more about a concern in quality from their fan base than a concern about their corporate culture. Right. And that's, you know, the issue of when, when was EA, when were the suits more involved than the devs were? And then when those people started leaving, the doctors left and then others, big up, big ups. And, and those teams started leaving. And even today, like or last couple of weeks, the lead for something big over there. What was it? Oh yeah, the guy that uh, the head of the, uh, who did the original uh, Mass Effect trilogy, I forgot his name, uh, Corey, no, whatever it is. Anyway, he just left. Um, so th- there's parallels to other companies, but that's why all these offshoots and these like new companies of old Blizzard talent really fascinate me because now we get to see what what does that look like? Are they striving for what we used to think of as Blizzard? Are they trying something new? Are they taking whatever lessons? They learn and staying small are their goals to all be huge. Like, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. Like, do they want to be pre I, my gut feeling is all of them want to be a kind of pre World of Warcraft blizzard. That's what they're shooting for the target zone. And if they can hit that, then the sky's the limit. And who knows what happens after that? Because wow, it really is the divider. Wow. Is that moment of blizzard is just making amazing games, but they're small by state by normal standards and they just are triple a pc developers and they just make these amazing games world of warcraft happens and everybody's life there changes a billion degrees in every direction because of the success and the rapidity of that success from world of warcraft so i feel like the goal would be for some of these guys this is totally in my own head but to get back, well, some of it, some of it's from conversations with Chris and others, but just to get back to that pre-WOW level of notoriety, of success, of uh, control over your own products, like creativity, release when we can, not when we have to, that kind of stuff. Like that feels like maybe what they're all shooting for. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I, I get a vibe too that a lot of the the names we know, your Kaplans, your 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 Metsons, your Broads, like they want to go i think they want they they want to make stuff again they want yeah. to be creative they don't want to be in leadership positions it feels like um is the vibe i get uh from all these various interviews and whatnot that they've done because you know, mm-hmm. all of them all of them ended up in places of leadership yeah and in places they they seem to really cue in on like metzen's desire to build stuff starting with D and story and i mean that what more perfect thing for him no one ever saw him going I'm starting a mobile game company and our first game is a poker spinoff. Like they're not doing that. They're like, what are you going to do first? Story, epic tales, characters and, 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 and heroes and villains and the stuff where he lives and breathes and soaks it in and puts it out. That's where Chris wants to be. AKA war chief gaming is exactly what they're doing. And the same thing goes, I think for frost giant. The guys are like, we love RTSs. 
It's in our blood. We're making one of those. And in Morheim's case, it's a little more generalized, but all the people he has working there, they've all got their specialties that they came out of Blizzard with. Like, we're going to see these guys get back to what makes them them. And if you think about it, everybody wants that. So I don't even think that's a Blizzard problem so much. That's just a, it all gets away from you after a while and you want to get back to what matters to you at some point. And some of them made a lot of money and can do that very comfortable, uh, comfortably. Some of them may not so much. They have to make ends meet and not just jump ship and, you know, work for less somewhere. And like, there's a lot of factors involved in this, but as an outsider getting to watch it and talk about it, I love this stuff. I love it. So we'll keep our eye on it, everybody, so that you will not have to, although you might want to too. Okay. All right. That music means it's time for the main quest today. We got a bit of a discussion uh, today. Um, Let's be honest. There's not a ton happening with retail. Wow. At the moment. Just sort of doing yeah, it. Unless, unless you're grinding away on the PTR. And if you are great, we're not. <laughs> nope. Uh, not really PTR guys, but uh, <laughs> nope. I thought this would be an interesting discussion because recently I had to kind of face this. So, um, and we had a brief, brief touch on this on, on core the other night, but I want to expand on it. Why we are happy to return to some games after a long time and then come back, play it, not get tired of it. Maybe even play it again. Uh, you know, and then other games seem old and kind of best left where they were. And for some, that would be classic. For me, it's classic. I'm not, I have zero interest in playing classic other than the initial curiosity. Get in, check it out. Yep, this is classic. Get out. Part of that reason, well, there's a lot of reasons and I've gone through them before on the show. But recently, this Mass Effect Legendary Edition comes out. It's a remastering of all three games plus all their DLC from the original trilogy. Everything yeah, minus around Andromeda. Mass Effect 2 being like, who the hell are you? I've never seen you before. Right, exactly. And <laughs> Turns out DLC character. <laughs> right. That happened to me in 2. I, I was like, wait, this, who's this guy? And yeah, I never lady? got any of the DLC for 2, and I, I picked up two members just last night. I was playing a little bit before bed, and I'm like, who Who are these people? Yeah, who's the thief? <laughs> I've never seen her before. Suddenly there's a lady that I didn't know. Really cool costume. I love hoods. I'm She's awesome. hoods. And so's uh, the other guy's cool. Just I don't know. He's just kind of gnarly looking Mad Max guy. The guy in the basement. Um, Zaid. Zaid. Yeah. So there's these new characters that I never knew about. So that's fun. But the main thing for me was I never played one. I played the hell out of two, and I bumped off a three too soon. Not for any reason other than I just got distracted. And so now there's a chance for me to kind of get back into it. But why would I want to go back and play this thing uh, that is old? And I and uh, yeah, after what I've said about why I don't really care to pay, play classic, I would rather play retail. And wow, and I think this is why I come back. That graphical overhaul actually makes a difference for me. So if here's the truth: if you said, if Blizzard said, "Hey, by the way, you can toggle on or off modern WoW graphics in classic, or go back to the old classic graphics anytime you want," if that feature existed, I'd probably be playing more classic. Now that sounds weird. Because at the end of the day, it's about gameplay and mechanics. They have real-time shadows and the draw distance is like eight times longer. Some of it, but it's the old models and it's just janky and it doesn't look great. And I just can't. To me, it's like, I don't know. It's like playing a PS1 game a little bit. It's like, ooh, I don't know. Like fidelity for me matters. Not saying everybody. And I know this is, again, let me just make this clear. I am talking for myself here, not even for Garrett. He He can express his own view on this. But for me, I think TBC... And vanilla are ugly games. And I think they didn't start getting, 
Uh, well, I mean, at the time they were just what they were and we played them and they were fine. Yeah. But they're just ugly. And even Wrath is a little ugly. It wasn't until we started getting new models and better environmental stuff and the engine started to evolve, which started happening kind of right after that. Cataclysm, kind of the beginning of that. Um, like really Cataclysm and forward weapons are the only weapons that still kind of look okay. Everything from those early days. Now, I know there's a lot of nostalgia for that stuff, and I get it, and I totally, I get it, and I'm glad it's there for you, but that's my problem. This Mass Effect redo, 4K, UHD, 120 frames per second on my TV. Um, I'm playing on a Series X, and it looks insanely good, really nice. The art style and the art direction totally holds up. It's not perfect in the lip sync department or any of the things that used to always sort of be not perfect in, but... We've gotten better at that stuff, so some of that doesn't pull forward as well. But the voice acting is amazing. The characterizations are great. The story's still great. The action's fun. Um, well, the first one, the action's a little bad, but better than it was before. They fixed a bunch of that. And two feels great so far. I haven't gotten to three yet. But it's also, the other reason I think it is, it's a contained experience. So I can go to Mass Effect, and I did this with one, and beat Mass Effect in like four days, three days, whatever it was on and off playing it over those three days. It was very quick. Yeah, you, you can mainline the first one pretty quickly yeah. if you want to. And part of that was because I, you know, I'm like, I'm here for the story of that first one. I'm not so much in it for all the side content. This is this is I want to get through this, get to two, and then things get a little meatier for side content on purpose. Like I need to do these companion quests and stuff if I want to have them survive the suicide mission and all that. So you have a lot of these reasons to do that, but but even that I'll probably mainline it a little more than I would normally. And then three is where I will probably spend more time doing side content because I never did. And either way, do side content content or not, this is a contained experience. No end game, no rating. No, I mean, I had multiplayer for three, but there's no like reason to get done and then go, all right, I'm max level now. We get to the real, like that's not an MMO in, in that sense at all. And so that's another reason why it works for me as a thing to return to. That, you know, the simple nostalgia is there just like it would be for somebody with WoW. Um, and I definitely yeah, have that. Uh, I want to be with Shepard again, you know, there's, even, even though there's I'm a lot. Shepherd. Yeah. And you can. I mean, I feel like the majority of us are probably lying to ourselves if we think we're going to play through Mass Effect differently. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm actively trying to and it's very difficult. I just I just want to make the decisions I would make. <laughs> right. But right. Um it is hard, it's, right? Because when you get back, you're like, I'm going to go renegade every chance I get. I can't do it. I can't do I it. Just feel, I feel horrible. Yeah. I feel, yeah, yeah. And yet I did it in SWOTOR. Like I played through as a Sith warrior, and I was just the most evil bag of dicks the galaxy had ever seen. <laughs> and uh, it was, I had so much fun with it. It let me live out every Darth Vader fantasy I'd ever wanted to have. It was great. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but uh, something about Mass Effect, I'm just like, I love I love my crew too much. I want to be kind to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're my best virtual friends. I can't even punch um, like the guy at the at the nightclub to get in. I just feel bad. Yeah. I just can't I, do I, it. You know, I there I'm with you on the graphical overhaul. I think there's there there is something there is something to that, even if I don't necessarily share it, because I do enjoy classic. You know, I'm not wild about it. I don't right. think it, for me it's not setting the world on fire, but but I, I have gotten pretty damn far into it. Um, and for me, having just like a little bit of updated graphics, like it, it does that thing where like going back and playing WoW Classic like lives up to where it lives in my memory. Mm. I remember it looking kind of busted, but you always remember things slightly better than they actually are. Right. And so I think it being a minor upgrade by virtue of having to run on the modern WoW engine yeah. 
it works for me. It, it, I don't think it's that bad. And I, and I do think there's a little bit of a trend for like janky PC graphics. And I think Valheim has a lot to do with that. Yeah. I mean, and I, I actually really quite like what they did with that, but it also does it yeah. in a way that like your character is PS one era looking polygon and textures. And if you get real close to me, you're like, Oh man. But then when you pull out Valheim is a beautiful painting. And yes, so it is so a they, total like forest. Look at the forest, not the trees moment. Yes. Like, and they, and they, and they somehow, I don't know what the word is. They mitigate the ugly with the beauty and somehow makes both things make them better than, you know, they're better than the sum of their parts. And I don't know how they did that. It's crazy. That game. But yeah, I wish. See, I wish. Wow. So that's what I'm saying. It'd be cool if I could just have some of that. Hey, it's 2007, yo. But then some of but then also, hey, we're also, you know, it's 2021 and we can do things like give me some give me some ray tracing, maybe even more than you can with regular. Wow, because now we're in vanilla and there's less polygonal things to worry about. So it'll run better. Or I don't I don't know. I don't know what it is I'm actually looking for, but I just something about going back to what it looked like then doesn't work for me as well as them boosting it up like i don't like nintendo games uh that aren't remasters like um i don't know like widescreen uh widescreen better polygon higher resolution version of zelda uh, or uh, legend of zelda wind waker is better than the original one (laughs) and i love the original but i don't want to go back and play that i want to play this widescreen sweet you know looking one at a better frame rate like that's all I'm saying is, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I mean, I, and for every everyone's different, right? It's like such a personal thing if you want to go back and revisit something or not, right? Um, and like, I mean, God, go back to our BlizzCon coverage and Diablo two popped up and Kyle was on fire, and I was like, yeah, it looks like they learned no lessons for Warcraft three or four. It looks like they're just making the same damn game again and trying to make it look better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm again, I'm very ready to eat my words on that because uh, of. I never played all the way through Diablo 2. So I'm going to definitely try it. But um, oh, that's like, the other that's thing. Example. I'm stoked about that because that game's going to let you choose. You, if you are so dead set on, oh, I need the chunky old graphics of that game. Great. Hit the, what is it? G key. I heard. Boom. It's all there for you. Yeah. You want to see the new shiny? Push the other button. I know I'm going to want to see that, but I'm not going to want to play the whole thing in the chunky 2001 mode. I want to want to, I want to want to play it with all the pretty new stuff added. And that's why that game is, I'm way more excited about that than I am about WoW Classic. And if they would, if they said with WoW Classic, it's toggleable or there's all these options you could throw in there to like beef up, make it modern or whatever. I would play. I think I'd play Classic. Yeah, and 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 we've gotten in before. We've gotten into the conversation of like just how damn difficult it would be to redo every asset in in WoW Classic, right. like all of the armor everything else and right. how many different models that armor has to fit on and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's why I'm kind of getting away from it. Like I'm sure some of you out there are listening or thinking about that right now. And that's why I'm not talking about it, but <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it, it would, it would be an insane undertaking, but at the same time, I I'd completely understand the desire to have that. Yeah. Um, Cause I would totally, I would 100% play it that way. Sure. Like if that was an option, that's how I would play. Sure. Wow. Wow. Classic and BC classic. I would go that 100% would turn on the better looking stuff, yeah. but that there's not better looking stuff in outland in retail right now. It's still same it's old point. ass outland. Yeah. Like, you're right. It is what it is. I don't even think you can, um, I don't know if they extended the view, the view out there even. Uh, uh, yes, they did. Did they extended extended draw distance is is like an engine thing. Like okay, so that's that all. It's just blanket across all of World of Warcraft. Like, 
It seemed like last time I was in there, I went in there because I did some leveling in there and um, for the time walking leveling thing. And it w- it seemed like it, it was shorter, but maybe it was just that the zones were designed in such a way that it was so barren. Like, you know, Hellfire Plensil is yeah. by design barren. So, so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. My yeah. Memory. Some of the zones too, I feel like have like an actual like fog effect too. And it might be building up to the point where you can't see that much further. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know. De- and I want to say we got a, a, a size of the draw distance have increased multiple times, but I, the first one I want to, re- I remember if I'm remembering this correctly and I've been wrong before, but was the wrath of the Lich King pre-patch. Cause I remember first thing I did was go out to the grand and shove that slider as far as it would go and go, hot damn, I can see all the way to that white crystal. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's pretty cool. I guess, I guess, uh, well, let's talk about some of the reasons that people would come back to something like burning crusade, which they're going to get to soon. By the way, the commercials have started running. They got that new one with the dude singing and, some guest star. Oh, those people commercials are killing me, man. Yeah. They're killing me. Pretty great. Uh, with with uh with with Wow Killer going the way of the dodo, I have a lot less desire to go back for BC Classic now. Yeah. I had a- <laughs> just like now the commercials are making me want to play it, but I know. They're not bad. They're pretty good. For some reason, what's his name's in it? Um uh Hellboy. Uh I can't think of his name. Ron Perlman? Ron Perlman's in it in that commercial, and I don't know why. Um, I was trying to think unless he's a fan or something, um, I was trying to think if he ever did anything with wow before. And I don't think so. Like the last Not one, the previous of. classic one had what Christian Nairn and what's her name was back Ronda Rousey and all them. Um, so that made sense. Cause they're always doing wild stuff, but I, I don't know yeah. what Ron Perlman's doing in there. I can't figure it out. Well, anyway, yeah. um, here's why people come back. Prefer the challenge of the wow of wow. in that era, I could see that that is definitely a thing people want. They, they wanted that with vanilla. They'll get it with TBC. They'll start to lose it over time. So I still have questions about the long-term viability of classic because when does it stop being classic? Anyway, whole different, probably a whole different topic for a different show. Um, they get to relieve that story and the world as it was, you know, all those reasons. But why they avoid it are, well, these are mostly my reasons. Visually shows its age. It's super crusty back then. We talked about that. Uh, been there, done that kind of feeling, even though you'd say, well, wait a minute, you've been there and done that with Mass Effect. Yeah, but... Again, it's contained. It's short. It's it doesn't take like that's the other thing is I don't have to reschedule my effect. life. It's actually been there, done them, done them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I never yeah. romanced anybody in the first my my original run through of any of that. I'm pretty sure Tally and I are going to hook up, though. I'm telling you right now. Baby. Ah, you'll have Kyle's blessing. That's oh, right. that's good. I, believe, I didn't know he was a fan. I believe that's that's Kyle's romance option in Mass Effect. Everyone loves correctly. Tally. Tally's amazing. He, um, he uh he he and everyone on the internet shamed me when uh, I admitted to romancing Miranda my first playthrough. Oh, look at you with uh, Yvonne Stravowski or however you say her name. I like her. She's in. Uh, <laughs> she was in Chuck and um. Uh, the thing now, uh, Handmaid's Tale. She's like the the mean uh, wife who can't have a kid. Same actress. Anyway. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's her. Uh, she's I great. I haven't watched Handmaid's Tale. So. She's Australian, but she's in Handmaid's Tale, she plays, she just talks like American, and she's very good in it. Extremely. Uh, she was in Dexter? Talented. Yes, Dexter. For Dexter like a hot season. On her IMDb page right now. Like a season, maybe? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, it looks like a single season. Yeah. I just remember her from Chuck mainly back then when the game first came out. And I remember they seeing this promo stuff for Mass Effect. And I went, wait, or two. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I swear I know who that is. It was totally her. She has adorable front teeth. Anyway, I'm, I'm crushing too what hard a, on Miranda. That's a very strange, uh, spe- specific. All right. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I know. I agree. My wife's going to right along. Uh, anyway, 
yeah, I don't know what other games to compare this to, though, but MMOs are. To me, this this is a new concept. You know, you could say, well, old school RuneScape did it first, but I don't know. Going back to MMOs, this is a new kind of jam. This is a new thing. So what I find fascinating is like, what what is it? You don't go back to classic. You do go back to Mass Effect. Why do none of us, speaking generally, want to go back to Warcraft 3 Reforged? Because it's not an MMO. It's got a graphical update. What's the problem? (sighs) For me... Mm, that's a great question. I think for me, the game isn't is the game doesn't hold up as well as other Blizzard games. I think it was an awkward stage. How do I put this? It's an incredibly important game. Don't get me wrong. It's I mean, they knew while they were building it, they were making WoW. In fact, they were making WoW simultaneously. We just didn't know it early on. But they, you know, the plan was to really lead into it. Story-wise, it broke new ground. Character-wise, expanding the world. All that stuff's huge. Uh, However, the actual game is their first 3D engine game. People forget this. They'd never made anything in 3D until until Warcraft 3. Everything prior to that was 2D sprites. And that included Diablo 2, which would have been the game before that, uh, before Warcraft 3. And... I think it's an awkward era for that stuff and movement environment, the way those things played, we're about to go through a very rapid revolution over time and very quickly. And so would blizzard like the, the Starcraft two engine by comparison is still gorgeous, still runs like a dream. It's a beautiful 3d game. Um, I think it's just, I think it's some of that, you know, it's kind of like, why aren't we, why aren't we all playing? Uh, I don't know. The original Tomb Raider. Well, because we didn't know what we were doing with 3D games yet. <laughs> we were not good at yeah, it yet. Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I, I think that it very quickly came down to that. For for me with Warcraft 3 was that the it as a as a control experience, just I've, I've played Starcraft 2. The controls are so much better. So much better. It like a million times better. You're right. And I, you know, at some point, everyone gets mad because, well, they took out the cutscenes they were going to do and they're re-rendering all the Arthas stuff and all that. And that that's the reason to be mad. At the end of the day, if the game was super solid as a gameplay experience, still at the level we used to think of it as, then we probably would have complained less. But it just felt, I don't know, it felt old. And yeah, that isn't what I wanted. It's fascinating. I, yeah. And it felt like, old in a way that like even original StarCraft doesn't. StarCraft, I can play StarCraft 1 and Brood War now. And the feeling of it is still really strong. Like it may be ugly, but it's, it still feels great to play quick and snappy and all that, you know, 2003 or four, there, four, there is a sluggishness to Warcraft three for sure. Yeah. Um, that brood war does not have. It was a very early 3d game. PC games weren't hardly doing it. There were some, but we were just starting to, we were just starting to get there, man. And you know, God, as much as consoles brought up, brought up old tomb Raider, those games controlled, like they were fun. terrible. They were terrible, so bad. but they were amazing in their moment. And then they just, we just iterated and got better at that stuff. And that's what happened here. So that's what I think happened there. And I think they've learned that lesson because I think Diablo 2 suffers from similar stuff in terms of control and movement. But it looks to me like they're addressing that and making it somehow work without losing what people love about the original. I don't, I don't know. I just feel like they've lost, you know, they, they've learned their lesson they also got more developer on it because they literally hired another company to do it. But 
you know, we'll yeah. we'll see what happens. Well, there's some of that, um, and again, tying it back into replaying through Mass Effect, there's some of that with the first one, especially. Like, right. they definitely made some improvements to that game. Um, the Mako is still one of the worst things I've ever had to control in a video game. <laughs> I but. didn't mind it too much. Having not played the first one, I had all sorts of, you know, everybody had been telling me for a decade and a half almost that that's a nightmare and it's the worst thing in the world and that you're all going to hate yourselves if you play it. It is not great. And I played it and I didn't hate it. Part of it is because I mainlined it and I didn't have to. So I, I skipped all like the side missions where you find a planet with resources and you have to go hunt them down and all that. I didn't do any of that. Skip. You must that. have not hit an object while driving. Land of broken physics. I had a couple of moments. I, I captured them even where that thing has a mind of its own with its physics. So you're right. That stuff's weird, but I don't know. It didn't bother me that much um, compared to what I thought. I, what I, what I had put in my head from everyone's complaints was much worse than what I played, but, but they, you know, they improved yeah. that game a lot. And um, you know, I, it's got me to the point where I also avoided Andromeda because of all the reviews and stuff. And there were technical problems with that thing when it launched, but it's got story issues and other stuff. But at this stage, I'm so excited about being in that world again. I'm going to play Andromeda after all this. I'm going to totally do I it. I think I'm going to finally play Andromeda after all this. Same. I never played it. Same. I never did. And now it's in. Oh, well, a, there you go. It's in great technical shape now. Uh, whether, you know, <laughs> story-wise and stuff, maybe not, but I don't care. I'm getting in. I like that world. I hear the in the the biggest hater in the world, John Jagger, says the best thing about that game is it actually plays better than any of them. Like, it has a really great, solid shooting mm. engine and, and all of that. And, um... You know, I'm going to judge for myself because I like Mass Effect. So there. Also, that soundtrack's real good in Andromeda. Oh, my God, dude. It's amazing. Yeah. So good. All of them are The good. UI is so dated. Oh, it's horrible. They hit pause to go the like. semi-translucent orange. Like, yeah. oh, my God. It's yeah, like, it's... we, hey, guys, I found the opacity slider in Photoshop. <laughs> yeah. I found the I found the glow filter. Yeah. Oh, my God. If we combine these two, it looks like a hologram. Yep. <laughs> You're not wrong. All over the place. Yeah. I hope, Scott, what's your opinion of the Euro style font? Oh, uh, not a fan of it so much. I actually kind of like it, but it is, it is on, it is all over Mass Effect like a pox. It's too much. <laughs> it's, it's too, too much. much yeah, yeah, it's too much. It's, it is like a pox. <laughs> a pox on, a pox beyond you, Mass Effect, for using that damn font. All right. Yep. Euro style extended bold, everybody. If you want to make something look sci fi without trying too hard. Yep. I just did your job for you. Either use it or avoid it like the plague. I'm here to say how awesome Sunday is. I don't mean the day, by the way. I don't mean the day. All right, look at it this way. Do you want to see your lawn thrive this spring and summer with your own custom lawn care plan from Sunday? Yes, you do. Sunday is more than just a lawn care product. It is a custom lawn care plan with a variety of ways to help you Grow a beautiful, green, luscious lawn. Control your weeds and remove pests. Stupid pests. They take out all the guesswork and unwanted chemicals so you grow a beautiful lawn that is better for people, pets, and the planet. I have been so impressed with what they gave me. They scanned it. They knew what my yard was like. They know what the area is like. They take all that data. They combine it. They send me this thing. I put it out on the grass. And suddenly, a few days later, I have the best lawn in the neighborhood. So I got to go tell my neighbors now, I guess. It's fantastic. So here's all I had to do. I went to Sunday.com. I put in my home address and their free lawn analysis took care of all the rest. It's just seconds. It all happened. Super easy. It's my favorite part. 
Sunday uses soil and climate data to, to uh, create a tailored nutrient plan. So you get all the stuff your lawn needs. Nothing that it doesn't. And it's made with ingredients that you can actually pronounce, like seaweed, iron, molasses, that sort of stuff. So you can grow better and feel better about it. All I had to do was attach the ready-to-use pouch to the garden hose and spray. Best of all, this stuff really works, and my grass looks better than ever. Let Sunday take the guesswork out of growing a greener, more beautiful lawn this spring and summer. Visit GetSunday.com slash wow to get $20 off your custom lawn plan at checkout. That's $20 off your custom lawn plan at GetSunday.com slash wow. to be living a better life we all do and uh you know why not start now i want to thank better help for supporting the instance uh today uh when it interferes with your happiness the most or prevents you from like achieving your goals you probably have answers to some of that better help will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist you connect in a safe and private environment and it's really really convenient you can start communicating in under 48 hours and uh you know you never have to do any weird waiting rooms or look for a magazine or whatever. You just can do it from the comfort of your own home. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional office counseling, and financial aid is certainly available. BetterHelp's available for clients worldwide, and a broad range of expertise is available, so, you know, better than you might find locally, I guess. Anything you share is confidential, and, uh, you know, Better help is convenient, professional, and affordable. Those are the main things. So here's what I want you to do. Uh, it, it's it's an awesome service. I got to test around with it, and I really liked it. If it sounds like you guys might be in the in the mode for something like that, I really did like my experience here. You've got depression, stress, anxiety, sleeping issues, trauma, that sort of stuff. Whatever it may be, you might be able to get some better help. Start living a happier life today. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash instance. Join over 1 million people who've taken their charge of their mental health. That's betterhelp.com slash instance for 10% off that first month. Big thanks to BetterHelp. Go check it out, you guys. Mr. Johnson, I have I have questions. Great. We actually have a question here uh, from Corato, who starts his email by saying, Mr. Johnson, I have a question. <laughs> he also says, hi, Garrett, at the top. Uh, the recent talk around the introduction of pre-existing systems as well as upcoming MMOs got me to thinking, is it time for a shakeup for WoW and how may that happen? But what I mean by this is will we get the usual dungeons and raids along with some sort of new system that has been uh, the tried and true method ever since the game launched? Through now, or sorry, though now in 2021, the industry is, of course, very, very different. So I got to thinking what might be the next big WoW feature that could shake up the established formula? most recent examples of this is the growing emphasis on cosmetics and collectibles. The M1 coming to Legion. Um, M1 coming to Legion in Legion. Mythic that, Plus. Oh, M Mythic Plus. Plus. Got it. I was thinking. Yeah. I mean, it's Yeah, M Plus. I said I read M1 and I'm thinking Max. I got to get my head out of the Mac world. Uh, both of these have become evergreen systems that are continuously iterated on in the game. While there have been, ba- uh, been attempts to expand... Uh, notably Torghast, Island Expeditions, Warfronts, etc. None have been particularly successful so far. So in short, looking at the MMO landscape as it is right now, are there any features that you would like to see WoW implement in its games, i.e. player housing, changing world, 
shipbuilding, open sea combat, seasonal weather, that sort of stuff? Or how would you envision a completely brand new feature? Keep up what you do. Saturday mornings without the instance are incomplete, says Corito. Well, Corito, uh, this is, I'm sure this is the number one question internally. Like, they're always trying to think about, well, what can we make a giant feature that'll be super popular and awesome while still carrying forward the ones that people like? Uh, Mythic Plus is a system that will never go away, in my opinion. They're never going to get rid of it. Um, Relatively new, but now a permanent fixture. Um, What would I like to see? I mean, he mentioned player housing. I have that in ESO and really like it. It's a collector's dream in there because you can make your own furniture, your own decorations. You can find really rare ones when you do other kind of content. Uh, when a new expansion comes around, you buy a new kind of house. You can own, own every house in the game if you want. And uh, most of it's earnable. Some of it's DLC or purchasable. But player, player housing and collecting crap in those places is kind of rad in that game. It's pretty cool in most games that have player housing and the fact that Blizzard never really did player housing outside that weird sort of pseudo housing and garrisons is kind of beyond me because there's a lot of money to be made in cosmetics um, or at the very least just getting, you know, that, that part of the player base excited because that collectible collectible stuff is huge. So I, I would like to see that finally, even though we've talked about it for 15 years and they probably never will, but player housing, man, make it a, make it a thing. Give me all kinds of, Control over it. Let me edit my house. Let me build a new bed. Let me uh, have people over. We'll have little fake parties, you know? It's a good time, Garrett, <laughs> at my house. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do? Well, that's the, uh, the, uh, this is almost a bad answer because I don't, I honestly really don't know what to do with this formula at this point because they just, yeah, it is what it it's, is. It's been, a, it's been a popular talking point about like content versus systems, uh, but I am going to lean into it and say that I don't really want systems. I want content, and I want them to figure out that cadence better than they have been. Um, I mean, the big... I don't the really big, like uh, Mythic the, Plus. I don't, I'm not like, a fan of that either, but like... So look at Final Fantasy XIV as an example. Their big thing is story. And... I would argue that answers your content question. Now you can say Blizzard has a big emphasis on story, but I don't think it's anywhere close to how crazy they get with the story that happens in Final Fantasy XIV. And uh, yeah, it's a little and anime. I think, and okay, I, I get it. It's not like you know, maybe <laughs> it's not the story you and I want. But the point is, like a bigger, broader, content-focused story arc that has real endings and not just cliffhangers at the end of an expansion. That might be okay. You know, yeah, yeah. I I think to me that that ties into content with WoW because we tend to get the next big chapter in story with the next big patch, right? Um, and we're Shadowlands is a a special case with its rollout because twenty twenty got in the way, yeah. Um, so it's a longer wait than usual. But even even before that, like uh, I think BFA struggled with hitting a good tempo of releases. Um, I think Legion was the only time it really felt like they were firing all cylinders and getting stuff into our hands uh, at a clip that, that, that made sense. Like before the majority of the player base got bored. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I just want new stuff to do. I don't want to keep doing the same stuff, but harder for the same slightly better armor. Yeah. I mean, that means a philosophy and design change, though, because they th- they throw all their guts content wise at the launch of an expansion, like all the first stuff, and then everything after that is iterations on other systems, 
that you just described pretty well. It's do the same stuff to get better armor and then do slightly harder versions of that stuff to get better armor. And that would, they would need a complete shift on what they actually put out as patches. What even is hitting max level anymore? Like, should we even have that? Should, can the content just be just tons of story? I I don't know the answer, but it feels like we're getting to a place where that's got to start getting an answer (laughs) or, or, or the game will just not be able to, to do it anymore. That being said, you know, it's not that different than other games that are successful MMOs uh, these days. You know, the thing I like about ESO, one of the things is that it's less about a giant overarching story and more about the small stories that you run into every other minute. So in other words, like, like Skyrim and like previous Elder Scrolls games, they were all kind of like that. It was like, Oh, I found this cave and there's a whole story associated with this and it's nothing to do with the main thing. It's just uh, I got to help these guys kill some cultists and steal this golden thing and do all these cool interactions and have some dialogue and then get out of here. Wow, that was really satisfying. Oh, here's another story like that I get to go work through. And and you just kind of move from, you know, on, on Core, I said it's like a TV channel versus a TV show. World of Warcraft's a TV show with its plot and its story and its characters. ESO is more like a channel with a bunch of different TV shows in it. And I can go just kind of choose what show I feel like doing that day. Um, maybe that direction more for Warcraft would be cool. Maybe more just out there anime ideas. They have in Final Fantasy a place to go. If you look at these other successful games, clearly they're doing something right. So maybe WoW could take a page from some of those. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. And like if this thing Amazon's working on, who even knows, dude? Everyone keeps talking about, oh, that's the next thing. Have you seen it? It's amazing. What's it called? New World or something? Whatever it is. Uh, it's called I Don't Have a Lot of Faith on Amazon. I don't either. Like, I really, uh, they, they've done very little to make me feel like they, they're going to be able to pull this off. But yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I hope I'm wrong. Happy I hope you're wrong. wrong, too. I hope I this, want new cool things. I, wa- I want it to like... shake things up. I just don't think it will. I don't know why I don't. But if it does, I'll happily be surprised. But the point is, like, it's going to take some major shakeup for them to change the pattern, I think. Because why else? They're on top still, even with these old systems. So just keep repainting them, skinning them. I know I'm, I don't want to under, you know, I'm I'm. I'm not giving it enough credit. There's more work going on than I give it when I just say they're reskinning everything. But some of these systems are just tried and true and old, you know, so we need something new. That's all. Let's see what happens. I want my own house. If you have your own ideas about how to fix this or how to add on to wow, make it new again for you. Send it in the instance at gmail.com. Hashtag Normandy and Azeroth. <laughs> hey, they put one in no man's sky. Why not? That's cool. John went and earned that. Did you see that? If you play No Man's Sky, you can do this like quest system, uh, this quest line where you unlock the Normandy and then you have it forever. It's pretty awesome. It's like the actual. I haven't Normandy. played No Man's Sky since the second week it was out. Oh, it's so good now, dude. I've heard it's so good now. It's so good. It's the one game. This game. There's so I've few. Gotta, I've got to stop the Reapers, Scott. I know. No, you I've do that stop first. The the stop the Reapers first. And- yep. Kick some Vorcha in the crotch. You got to deal with them first. I get it. Stupid but- council won't believe me eventually when you're done, you'll be like, you know what? I really want, well, I guess it ends though. There, this is a limited time event, so you can't get it after the end of the month. But anyway, it's just really cool. They put the Normandy in there and that game is the greatest redemption story of any video game I can think of. I can hardly think of any game that had a worse 
start? Battlefront 2. Did it get better and better and better? Yes. Battlefront 2 ended a great game. Oh, that's true. That's a good game to play now. Yeah, you're right. In my head, I'm thinking the original Battlefront sequel from like PS2 era, but you're talking about the new one. Uh, yeah, that was actually 360 PS3 era. Yeah. I was playing that on Xbox 360, which was a new console as I was entering college. Oh, wow. Look at you. That's how I remember. <laughs> Just a young buck. Um, My very first like social thing at college, like they had Battlefront 2 running on a 360 on a projector. Like <laughs> I was like, oh, college is so cool. Yeah. And I found out very quickly that I had apparently spent way too much time playing Battlefront 2 because I handed everyone their ass. Mm, well done. I'm I'm impressed. Well, the good yeah. news is uh, there's a new <laughs> there's a Bomberman uh, battle royale out today that I'm going to try later. So what? I'll let you know what I, I never I never got into Bomberman. I love Bomberman. Bomberman. Uh, the Super Nintendo version of Bomberman was amazing, but the one that really killed it for me was the Dreamcast version. And you could put up to ten players if you had the Dreamcast multi tap thing. Holy shit. The days we killed playing Bomberman Two or Bomberman, whatever it was called, <laughs> I don't remember the, the name of it. It was so good. That's one of my one of my old old shames, and uh, and I never got into Mega Man, which everyone freaks out when I say that. I'm like, I don't like it. I, I didn't like, like it Mega either. Man. You're you and I are I'm Mega sorry. Man. Uh, you were, really? Oh, you don't yeah. like Mega Man? I didn't know this about not, you. Not a fan. Never oh, really played him very much. I know people love him. Kindred but spirits. It's not my not thing. liking Mega Man. Yeah. We found. We you know found what I do another. like though the voice acting in the Mega Man cartoon. Oh, he's amazing! That guy with it's, the whole. Uh, let's see, I got one right here. Uh, that's a good question. That guy, he's great. Oh, the doctor. Yes. Thank yeah, Doctor Wowie. He's, oh, it's so it's so horrendous. The radar room. Yeah, that guy's the best. Radar room. <laughs> the radar room. All right, we're gonna we're gonna get out of here. Before we do, a reminder that you, good people at home, can join us uh, for real and help us keep lights on, which is something that has to happen in podcasting. You got to be able to make a little bit of scratch. So head on over to theinstance.net and become an Instance Plus member by signing up to our support system. It's super easy. A couple of clicks and you're in, and you will be a supporter of this show and get cool stuff in the mail. It's awesome. Go check it out. Read all about it. Theinstance.net. And if you try to email us, uh, theinstance.gmail.com is the place to go for that. Join our Discord. All of it's on the website. You'll find it all. Before we get out of here, though, Garrett, anything going on in your neck of the woods that we should mention? Uh, uh, brand new into the Nexus. All about Here's the Storm. Went up yesterday. We talked to Jay Howe. You may remember him from announcing HGC. Yeah. Uh, he's still a, a prominent Heroes of the Storm streamer. Uh, so we, we had that. And then we also did a really, really long talk about that IGN article that you and I had talked about today on The Angry Chicken this week. Nice. So if you want to hear that, go find The Angry Chicken podcast. It's over at theangrychicken.com, amove.tv. We just search for Angry Chicken. You'll find it. Yeah. You just follow your nose. It always knows. So go look at that and check it out. That's going to do it for us. Thank you all for being here. We'll be back next time with more. We hope you're having fun in the game. And if you're not, we hope you're having fun listening to us talk about this stuff. If you do, let us know. Thanks very much. And we'll see you all soon next time right here on The Instance. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes. Get more at frogpants.com.